Old home week on ESPN Central Texas continues. We had Mitch Thompson, Zach Dillon coming back to the fold. Uh, Glenn Stretch Smith today is lined up at 5 o'clock after almost winning the USFL as the tight ends coach for Philadelphia Stars. In my longtime uh, buddy and former uh, producer of this fine program, Stephen Simcox returns. And Stephen, I, I, I still don't quite understand how uh, Tom Barfield... <laughs> Uh, was able to get you on a weekly deal. I, I, it's just I feel like this one really got, um, you know, eluded me. I would think the guy that you're close friends with and were with for years—that's where you belong on the weekly uh, on the Matt Mosley show. But uh, with Barfield slipping out of town, I don't know where he's going. And uh, <laughs> Stephen, I think I think you were the one playing the love boat when he went on that cruise last time and uh and he did not appreciate that uh but with him slipping out of town i thought it was appropriate to have you on the uh the program welcome back to the matt mosley show well what tom promised me was he would take me on all cruises from now on um but i didn't get invited to this vacation so i think if you can match the price of zero dollars you know, much like a lot of schools around college football, I might be open for business right now, Matt. I might, we might be able to work something out. Well, you, uh, I certainly can match that. Um, I've always been amazed, and it wasn't just Tom, but before him, there were these, uh, there were these folks that would have like seven regular guests per week. They paid them a combined zero dollars. And I always wondered, like, why would those people do that? And look at you, Stephen, lining up every week to do to do the Tom Barfield show. I think you just miss it. You miss being on the station, and uh, it's a good fix. Now, the TCU Horn Frogs, um, that's your team. That's your alma mater. They have, um, I think they finished. I was sitting here looking at the Big 12 preseason poll, and uh, TCU finishes, uh, Stephen, was it sixth? You for years Seven. you had to, oh ouch ouch! I was hoping I was hoping it was six. Uh, they finished seventh. Now it was really close. Uh, I mean it was like a two. I forget how many votes it was, but it was a fairly close vote when it when it came to where TCU was located with Sunny Dykes coming in there and TCU hitting the transfer portal like it has. Was your take off your your uh, your frogs your your you know your frog legs for a moment? Was mm-hmm. this too low or too high in your opinion for the uh, preseason poll, or about right for the frogs? It's what I expected. I mean, I think it's probably about right. You know, they. I, I feel like Sunny Dykes is going to do a good job in Fort Worth, and you know, as, as tough as things have been for TCU the last few years, um, it's sort of the end of the Patterson era. Like they were still finishing five and seven, six and four. I mean, they didn't completely bottom out. So there's some talent on this team. They're able to pull off some upsets in the past. But I mean, you look at the teams that are ahead of them. Um, at six, you got Iowa State. Five, Kansas State. Those are two teams that TCU hasn't played well against lately. They haven't been able to beat. Uh, those teams have been more physical than them. They've been better, you know, with with Matt Campbell and Chris Klein at the helm. So. It doesn't. I think it's probably about right. You know, they're right there, sort of at the bottom tier. 
of the league. Um, what honestly surprised me the most was I didn't know it was legal to have Texas at fourth. I mean, that's kind of low for the horn. <laughs> um, and I, I'm not sure if that's just kind of people feeling like they've gotten burned by them in the past, but I know, as always, they're, they're super talented. But, yeah, Matt, I mean, Baylor's sitting there at one. I think they're the team that has the least question marks going into the year with all the players returning. But um, I feel like seventh is, is about right. I do think this is a team, though, that could win, you know, eight games, maybe even nine games if, if things break the right way. But they're turning over a, a new defensive system, um, really a lot of new personnel on defense. And then, of course, Sonny Dykes brings more of an offensive identity to uh, to Fort Worth, which is very different than um, the standard that Gary set for years there. I mean, I thought a locked-in, well, locked-on podcast was about to break out. Uh, Stephen, who <laughs> does that on a daily basis, that TCU podcast, Stephen, have you uh, had any interaction with the guy that does the uh, Baylor Locked On, um, Drake Toll? I mean, this man, this man is prolific. He's a young guy. He's a very bold, very bold talker. I mean, he loves to to kind of get up there at those press conferences and just big body everybody. I kind of admire the young man. Have we had a a Drake Toll Stephen Simcox crossover event yet? We have it. We need to make that happen. Uh, yeah, Drake, I've I've done, like, I did a roundtable episode that he was present for. I haven't had the opportunity to personally meet him. But you're right, he is prolific. He puts out a lot of content. I mean, I don't know, Matt. I, I'm not sure how much you were running around back in your Baylor days getting interviews or if you were um, kind of checking out other things. But he, he does sort of have that, that Matt Mosley go-getter mentality that I feel like you're, <laughs> you're famous for for so long. I was... I used to be a go-getter. I think that's faded just a little bit. But uh, I think old Drake was enough of a go-getter that uh, he was maybe uh, eating up a little too much airspace as some of our old friends kind of ran him out of there. They said, hey, Drake's getting a little too much attention. Let's get him off this thing, whatever that Internet operation is over there. Uh, uh, Stephen uh, uh, Simcox joining us uh, on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Now, Stephen, did you hear the uh, Gary Patterson debuted his new song on the Matt Mosley show, as was appropriate, Gary? And it was always, I think, weird to you that Gary and I had become such good buddies. <laughs> did um, did the song did did did, did it do anything for you? Like as a as a frog and someone who long admired Gary Patterson, did it make you a little bit of a, a emotional? And did you did you did you get to listen to it? What'd you think? Yeah, I'm glad that it, it, I'm glad that he's still premiering songs on the Matt Mosley show. I'm glad that tradition continues even with his move to Austin. Uh, I liked it. I mean, I think it's it was emotional. It was honest. Um, obviously, you know, we'll see if Gary great music scene there in Austin. I don't know if he'll get some more connections going down there, but um, I, I'm really curious to see sort of what his next move is because he does seem fired up. He seems re-energized. I think. He wasn't – I mean, I know he has a ton of fond memories of TCU, obviously. I don't think he was happy with how things ended. He didn't feel like he was done or um, he still didn't have more to give to that university. So, I think he's got something to prove, and he's not going to be on the field. But in a lot of ways, like, I think this analyst job is perfect for him because he loves to cut up film. He loves to break down those things, look at those tendencies. Um, so, now he has plenty of time to do it, and that's really – 
his main job description. He doesn't have to worry about the pressures of being a head coach and dealing with micromanaging so many different things that, that head coaches have to think about. So I, I feel like it's a good way for him to sort of decompress. And I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I, I don't know if it's at UT, but I, I, I still think he's got to end up being a defensive coordinator somewhere, unless he's just like totally done with working those insane hours and wants to kind of kick back and enjoy some time playing music and spending time with family and also sort of staying in the world of football. I just can't see Gary um, giving it up yet. So I think there's there's a second chapter to his story, and I'm sure um, we'll, we'll sort of see it play out this season there with, with Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. I mean, his sons are in their 30s. Now, maybe he has a grandkid or something, but I, I think the, I think the time has passed on all this time with, with a family. Maybe Kelsey – I don't think Kelsey wants him around as much as he is right now, but uh, Gary's doing a nice job out there. I just emailed you the or I texted you the YouTube version of uh, whatever that song is called, The Day – the day I walked away, or the day I walk away, or something like that. Very emotional song. Stephen Simcox on with us, longtime uh, member of the ESP and Central Texas family. Now out in the corporate world and and uh, doing some great things. I, I I know he misses us. He doesn't really express that very often, but I know deep down that uh, that he does miss us. Now, Stephen, I wanted to get you an opportunity to weigh in on the latest realignment that has uh, started of all these different iterations and boy Aaron will, will run over some of those coming up in uh, Campus Confidential I know you missed that Stephen uh is, is there any which which thing makes the most sense and I love the fact that your rival the TCU rival SMU now they're suddenly making noise hey we're in great position we're ready to go this time I mean I I'm all I like the Mustangs but I I don't think any any of this is about SMU I mean maybe there's something for them if the Pac-12 tries to hang on and get a foothold in the Dallas area I don't know but it I did find that kind of funny each each fan base that suddenly thinks this is our ticket and even the SMU Mustangs are now saying that yeah I mean it's it's fascinating to watch it play out. For me, I think from a Big 12 angle, if I'm, you know, Brett Yormark, which uh, what an interesting kind of hire that was, sort of out of left field, but I know they, they like his, his resume and kind of what he's done in the professional sports world. But I think the key for the Big 12 is you need to add Utah and the Arizona schools and Colorado as soon as possible. Like, you need to find a way to convince them, hey, don't, like, don't entertain this Pac-12 ACC alliance, come on, jump on this Big 12 train. Because for a league that's had a ton of infighting, really for its entire existence in the Big 12, um, I feel like they're more stable than they've ever been. I, I just believe the, the universities that stuck around after the UT and OU departure that I know hasn't happened yet, but after that news came down, um, they sort of rallied together and then they were able to add you know, the four schools that are coming um, after this football season and will be joining as well. But if you are able to land those schools, and I think that puts a lot of pressure on Washington and Oregon, and then, like, what do they do? I mean, if they expand at that point, they're probably inviting, you know, some group of five schools like Boise State or San Diego State or maybe even, yeah, possibly SMU if they want to try to dip into Texas. Um, but I just think it's a good opportunity for the Big 12 to, to solidify itself. And, you know, Bob Bowlesby took a lot of criticism 
through his tenure, um, and I think a lot of that was fair. But I, I feel like the what he missed, and, and I don't know if it was just not being part of like the the in crowd when it came to commissioners, but he just did not seem to have a, a finger on the pulse of like what was going to come next. It, all these things would happen within college football and within the landscape, and it felt like Bob was was playing you know defense all the time and it was it was back up you know backing up and backpedaling. So I think if the Big Twelve can be aggressive and land some of those schools, then it really changes the dynamic of the league and uh, puts them in a good position moving forward, even with the Big Ten and SEC trying to kind of throw their weight around and, and be the big dogs in, in the new college football landscape. Yeah, I thought it was funny. They At the first, people started mentioning they're so used to the Big 12 being in a weakened state that the first reports were, well, Pac-12 probably reached out to TCU and Tech, and they started naming all the Big 12 schools. It's like, wait a second. Why is the Pac-12, you know, any better right now than the Big 12? The Big 12 is welcoming these four new schools. I mean, if you brought in Arizona, Stephen, the basketball, I mean, didn't um, – was that Arizona that TCU almost beat in the NCAA tournament this year? Yep. It, it mm-hmm. game went to overtime. I mean, think about that. You bring in, and Arizona State at least has good basketball history. You could really ramp that thing up. And then if you brought in, we're talking about the four corners, if you brought in um, oh, uh, Utah, then, then BYU would have a natural rivalry. There's some things that almost make too much sense not to do it. And then I love the thought of bringing those Colorado Buffaloes, those crying buffs. Let us out of here. Texas has too much power. Let us out of here. Let us go to the Pac-12 because we got we love their academics. And they, they, they can't even do anything in the Pac-12. I mean, they get obliterated. They're basically turned. I mean, like they're, think about how awesome they used to be. They won a national title back in 1990. And now they're basically like a, a barely a step up of San Jose State or somebody like that. What a silly little program that is. But, Stephen, wouldn't that be fun to have all those places to go? Go to Boulder. Yeah. Go to Provo. Go up there to uh, Utah. Where's, where's Utah? What is that? It's Salt Lake City? I'm not, I'm not sure what town right. in, yeah. <laughs> it's up there somewhere. Golly, I want to go into one of those tabernacles or temples, and I really do. I want to go up there and get to know the Mormons. Uh, <laughs> Stephen, uh, oh, by well, the way. The text line, Aaron. Last time, last time we talked about this, I got some, some angry messages from the people who like it. <laughs> you, let, you let Aaron worry about the text line. Now, Aaron was telling me, Stephen, I think Aaron is very ready for me to take a break. So, I, I, again, I've got no say at this radio station, but, Stephen, if you're jonesing to do a little radio with Aaron, I am headed out of town next Wednesday, and I'll be overseas where nobody can reach me, okay? So just keep it in mind. <laughs> Would love. I know Aaron, Aaron actually did. Uh, in fact, Aaron said to me the other day, he said, man, I thought we did a good job, and I actually did hear tremendous feedback on that. So, uh, just keep that in mind, uh, Stephen, and we'll go with the same rate we went with last time, which was, which I know is exorbitant in so many ways. But uh, uh, this will be, uh, yeah, it's always a little dangerous around this station. If you leave town, you don't know if you got a gig when you come back. But uh, Stephen, um, uh, always fun to visit with you. And uh, and by the way, what did you think of that Mitch Thompson hire? I haven't even gotten to ask you about that. The uh, 
Mitch Thompson, new Baylor baseball coach uh, from MCC. I, I don't think people expected Mac to do that. Did you like the hire? I did. I mean, I think it made so much sense. And if if nothing else, like Mitch just brings some automatic energy and enthusiasm to the program because, you know, so many former players uh, love him and appreciate him so much. He recruited really well. And, you know, it's it's a step up. But it's not like Mitch – I kept seeing, like, the, the Juco angle. It's not like Mitch hasn't, you know, competed and coached at Division One. He did that for a long, long time. And he won a national title there at MCC. He brought a lot of talented kids to Waco. So, um, he knows the program. He knows the area. He knows high school coaches. Uh, I think it's a great hire, and it sort of, you know, puts Baylor in a, in a good position um, with, with their past and their future with the guys that have come through and the ones that he can now recruit. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like it was a home run, and sometimes it's – Max done a, a really good job, I think, of finding people that maybe not everybody thinks about when it comes to coaching searches, but sometimes you just have to go with uh, – with the one that makes the most sense, and it certainly did in this scenario. Yeah. Well, apparently the the uh, mid-season DBU infomercial I did, going to hang out with, uh, what's the guy's <laughs> name? The Hefner, Dan Hefner at Dallas Baptist. That didn't, that didn't really come through. <laughs> apparently they looked at the guy's salary, and they're like, he's making what at DBU? No thanks. <laughs> he's making like 600k at dbu or some or maybe even like 700 it's like whoa whoa dan hefner getting it done uh right there on that dbu campus steven always fun tell chris i said hey over there and um uh, and 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 if you can if you can get me one of those 36 uh uh 36 year mortgages let me know i'm kind of i'm kind of in the market these days all right, Matt, and one question for you before I go. Is is Parker going to be a sophomore this year? Is she going to be a junior? Where are we at with, uh, with the great Parker now in school? Well, I know you've got a growing family, too, which is very exciting, but uh, she is a rising sophomore and uh, has uh, made the JV. Uh, you know, you get, at that age, you can only go on the JV uh, cheerleading squad, but uh, also senior company dance. So appreciate you asking, but she will be heading into her sophomore year. It's always a little weird now to see all these recruits that are now being mentioned as 2025, you know, football <laughs> recruits. It's like, wait, I have a daughter that age. This is crazy. <laughs> they're recruiting. You know, you still think in your yeah. mind of them like they're five years old. And now she will soon be 15 years old and have her driver's permit. And, uh, yeah, yeah, things have uh, – so you remember when she used to come on with us occasionally, and uh, mm-hmm. she was our she was one of our MBA insiders. But uh, uh, these days she's she's got bigger fish to fry. So I don't think she even realized what I'm doing in my my home office. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't seem too interested. All right, all right, buddy. Well, good to catch up, and uh, I'll holler at you soon. Yeah, I'm glad you got Meredith's athleticism. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. <laughs> okay. There he goes, Stephen Simcox with some parting shots, uh, joining us on the Matt Mosley Show. We're-